No sin is so great, no bitterness so deep, that God's grace cannot transform the heart and rewrite the story. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Grace is hard for us to understand sometimes. It doesn't make sense and it's really not fair. In reality, nothing is more difficult to explain than God's grace. Maybe the best way is just to experience it. Join us as we explore that experience. All right, good morning, and good morning to all of you online. I want to just tell you that was some awesome worship, amen. I love the, the diversity that we have, you know, uh, these weeks where we have what we call the Unplugged Sundays. I just love that. And personally, I'd rather listen to that violin for the next half hour than me. Yeah, you can say amen to that. I'm, I'm good with that. That's fine. Uh, but you know what is really cool is that, you know, all of these services are recorded. They're live. Uh, people watch them now and throughout the week. And, you know, once in a while, I will actually go back just for the worship because I don't want to listen myself. But, um, you know, but uh, I, I will go back and just listen to worship uh, sometimes. So that's a, that's a great thing. Thank you, uh, James, Amanda, and the rest of the team for that. So today we continue a series called Grace is Greater. And today, healing is greater than wounds. Healing is greater than wounds. So I have a natural question to ask you. Have you ever had a physical wound? Like where you got banged up, beat up, cut up? you know, uh, where you got opened up the skin. And, and I'm sure a lot of you uh, could say yes to that. Some of you have just been so precious and dainty and walking around life that you've never had that happen. But for me, it's really easy to answer that question. And I kind of talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago, but I I'm still doing, dealing with a wound and uh, give you a little bit of history. It happened um, back in February. I was in Maui and I was paddle boarding and I was coming in on a 10 to 11 inch Wave. <laughs> and I came across some coral and it knocked me over and I was like a pair of socks and a, and a, and a washing machine and uh, got a little banged up, bruised, cut up, all that kind of stuff. But one of the things was on the top of my left foot was just a wound, literally maybe three fourths of an inch, maybe an inch. But being diabetic, uh, diabetes too, I was always told you got to take care of your feet, especially. So I really felt like when I got back to my uncle's place, I cleaned it up really well. And, um, you know, I just know that things take a little time to heal. And so it had been about two months and it was still there. And it was almost completely closed, but there was kind of like a knot there. And so I went to the doctor and, and of course, they said, well, okay, take these antibiotics, right? That didn't work. A couple of weeks later, I go back. They said, hey, we're going to give you an x-ray. X-rays look fine, right? So then about a month after that, about two inches down the foot, was this little spider bite looking thing, red, and then just kept watching it. And it literally became Mount Everest, <laughs> little exaggeration. And so I went to the doctor and they said, well, we need to do an MRI. Fast forward, MRI showed something that caused emergency surgery. And you guys know six weeks ago I had surgery. Actually, this is my first week I'm putting shoes on, but I still um, had to keep following up. So I had this boot on for about a month. They finally opened up the, the bandages, took a look at it. It's healing, but healing slow. So here's the phrase. You need to do wound care. And um, so they showed how you unbandage it and you clean it out every night and put bandages and so wound care. So we've been doing wound care for, I think, about two weeks and it's slowly but surely getting better. But the reason I'm going in depth with this story is... 
when I looked at the wound, it was all cleaned up. And then all of a sudden, it got worse. And then when a doctor just kind of looked at it with some knowledge, they threw some antibiotics at it, but it got worse. X-ray saw nothing, but it got worse. Then a specialist has an MRI, and the MRI revealed something to where they had to have emergency surgery. But even the MRI, even though it revealed something, it wasn't until the surgeon got in there and split it open a little bit more and dug into it that they were able to find a little particle that couldn't be seen by the human eye of coral. And that little bit of coral was infecting my whole foot. Now, not to exaggerate, but the truth is, the truth is, if left alone, the doctor said that would have gotten really bad. And he says, if left alone long enough, literally, you can be amputated. Just because of this little speck that couldn't be seen by the human eye. So you're like, why am I here today? What does that have to do with anything? It has everything to do with the message today. Because today I don't want to talk about physical wounds, cuts, scrapes. I want to talk about the wound of the heart. The wound that can't be seen by the naked eye. But a wound that I think we all have at different levels. Would you agree? And though we can't see, guess who can? God can. And through the Holy Spirit, it could be real, real to us what is really going on in here. And just like the physical wound, if not attended to, it could really, really hurt us. Did you catch that? Not just affect us like it did me for just a period of time, but it could take us out. So today's pretty serious, but it's not serious in a bad way. It's serious in a good way because healing is greater than wounds. Grace is greater. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you so much for that truth. Help me to connect with what I need to hear and help us to connect with what we need to hear. And we know only this could be done through your Holy Spirit. So we beg, we plead, and we ask for your Holy Spirit to do its thing in this place and wherever this message is being listened. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Amen. Ready to take notes? Number one point today. Ready? Write that down, the word wound. Okay, wound. Hebrews chapter 12, passage we've been looking at throughout this whole series. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of what? The grace of God. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. I think a bitter root, almost like that little particle of coral sitting at the top of my foot. Just that little thing. As long as it took root. And that was what the the doctor said. He goes, Rob, the MRI showed that something was growing around the tendon all of a sudden. All right? So it was starting to take root. We can't let bitterness take root in our heart. We can't let pain take root in our heart. We can't let wounds grow in our heart. Can I hear an amen? amen? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 says, get rid of. Get rid of means to let go, right? Get rid of this. Get it out of here now. Get rid of all. What does all mean, church? All. Get rid of what? All bitterness. Get rid of all what? Rage. Get rid of all what? Anger. Get rid of all what? Brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And why, Pastor Rob, that's kind of a random passage. No, it's not. 
Because this is just a small list of wounds that find themselves lodged in our hearts. Can you hear, can I hear an amen? Now, of course, no one in this room, but first service, definitely. And online, you guys got all that stuff, right? And here, I'm just, you know, la, la, la. We just shining our halos. Not true. <laughs> but these are some. These are just a short list of some of the wounds that find their way into our heart. These are some of the internal wounds. And here's, the, here's what God wants. God wants those healed. Did you hear that? God wants those healed. We may not be able to see them on the, in the surface, but just like the human eye or, or even x-rays can't identify God through his Holy Spirit can. We go through the MRI machine with the Holy Spirit and he will help us see the wounds that are there. And some of those wounds go back to when we're three years old, four years old, five years old. Wounds that we've just kind of numbed, but they're destroying us. It's time to clean out those wounds. Can I hear an amen? And deal with some of those hurts, people, check this out, deal with some of those hurts or deal with some of those wounds people have done to us. But let's be real. Yes, we've had people hurt us. Yes, we've had people cut us and break us. But the truth is we've also done some self-damage. Amen? We can't just blame everybody out there for what's wrong in our hearts. Can I hear an amen to that? So it's time to clean that stuff out. And I know, I know it's easier said than done. (laughs) But it still needs to be done. This has been no fun. And though it's not poor, it's just the truth. I went on vacation for a week with my family in Tahoe. And I'm telling you, we always play volleyball. We do all the paddle boarding. We do we, frisbee golf. We do golf. We, we, it's all physical because it's my nephews and my boys. And it's just all physical. I sat on my rear end for a week. And it's just been... And again, people have got way worse than me. But just for me, it's just been been long. (laughs) And it's still going on, right? And dealing with wounds, it's not like we could throw our wounds in a microwave, push one minute, and pop out perfect, right? Self-care sometimes takes a lot longer than we want to. But I am glad that I've been taking care of this so it doesn't affect all of this. Are you with me? it's getting quiet but pastor you don't know what's been done to me right and I will say this even in this room right here many of you have been in my office and you've told me some of your story and just the sum of your story rips my heart there's been some really crazy, painful, disgusting, hurtful things that have happened in, in, in the lives of the people just in this room right here. And what, what's crazy is I, that means I only know a little bit and it ruins me. But I want you to hold on to this because anything I may say from here on out, you may be going like, oh, he just doesn't care. He has no idea what's gone on in my life. Can I stop you there and suggest this, that you may not even know what's gone on in my life? Yeah? 
So don't you go comparing your pain and making it way worse than mine, not knowing mine and me not knowing yours. Can we just be on the same page and agree? Pain sucks. Wounds are hard to manage. And it's not about who's got more. It's just the fact that we've got it. And here's the promise. God doesn't want us to have it. And healing is greater than wounds. devil doesn't want you to hear that, but God does. I've heard a lot of pain. And part of my problem, here's my problem. I've told you this. I was telling someone that's in this room this week in a meeting. They're, they're sitting right in here. I just said, you know, pastors, Pastor Rob's strength, one of Pastor Rob's strength is compassion. Do you know what one of Pastor Rob's weaknesses? Compassion. I, I, I say it this way. My strength is I love people. My, strength, my weakness is I love people too much. And so when you share your pain, when you share your wounds, I, man, I feel it. I feel it. That's not true of everybody, but I, I feel it. Now, what I've had to learn is I've got to feel it, but I've got to let it go up to him. But I still struggle with just letting it stick here. So a message like this, don't ever say that you, I like, pastor, you don't care. You don't get what I've gone through because of what scripture is going to tell us we need to do. But God definitely knows. God definitely knows. So that's the, that's the, um, that's the foundation. That's the wound part. Now let's get on to the second part. Write this word, forgiven. Matthew chapter 18 is a beautiful story. It's a hard one but it's beautiful. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Now, I think this is personal. I don't think Peter, nobody knows, but I don't think Peter just kind of randomly woke up and goes, I just want to randomly ask Jesus this question. I think this is personal. I think there's a situation that he's thinking about. And so he's like, hey, hey, how, how many times do I need to? And then he says, up to seven times? And like, I think he says it like in Peter form, like big, loud, and proud, like seven times, Jesus. And so you're like, ah, what, what do you mean? That's, what's the big deal? Well, Jewish law only, only said three times. So Peter, in his mind, is like, oh, I'm going to give him a really cool answer because I've been hanging out with Jesus and he's got some grace, so I'm going to give him a double plus answer. Seven. Some of you think I'm being hard on Peter. Just read about his life. Probably not. Jesus answered in verse 22, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. <laughs> Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. As he began to settle, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees. Can you see this? Fell on his knees. Now, this debt, some would say, is $150 million today. Uh, some would say it was 10 times the national debt of that time period. It was a lot of money. So at the servant, he fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me. Can you imagine you going to the IRS office and seeing an agent with your bill and getting down on your knees and saying, please, I beg you. Maybe some of you have done it. Be patient with me and I will pay back everything. 
There's no way in heck this guy could pay back everything. But check this out. And I love this. I still see people out there with Bibles in their hands. This is good. The old days. I don't think I'll ever preach without a Bible, physical. That doesn't belittle those of you that have the mobile devices. I think that's amazing. And praise God for Craig Rochelle and his church that allows that to be a free, free thing to us. But I just, I, just, I just want you to see this stuff's coming from right here. Okay? This is coming from here. This is God's word. And God's word is so beautiful. And God's word is so powerful. It says, the servant master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. That's powerful. I don't know what the number is. I, I've given you some guesses. The number's huge. And the master took pity on him and let him go. Forgiven. Can you say that with me? Forgiven. I um, I've studied this, I've read it, I've preached it. And what I've concluded is it's not the number that Jesus is trying to get across. That's what the legalist wants. It's the grace that he's trying to get across. He's teaching us grace is greater. Amen? But pastor, you don't know what I've been through. I know we've already done that. You're right, I don't. But what I do know is whatever the wound, grace is greater. The story continues in Matthew 18, verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Church, do you see the theme that Jesus is trying to get across? This is a reminder to us. You say, well, what debt are you talking about? Well, some of you have debt, (laughs) a lot of it, right? But this debt is a different kind of debt. This debt is called sin, right? Romans says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. So the debt that we have, we've built up this, and some of you have a real big account. All of us do. All of us have sinned more than we could pay for. We've racked up a bill, haven't we? We've racked up a bill. And this passage is not about the physical. It's really about the spiritual. And I love this passage in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter four, verse 13 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes of to him who must give an account. This tells me I could fool you And I could fool them, and I could fool you online, but I can't fool God. Did you know that? Everything is hidden and uncovered before him. Kyle Eidelman in his book, Grace is Greater, gives some examples. He says like this, the history on your computer, yeah, you could delete it, but he knows. 
You can say you weren't looking at porn. He knows. Fist through the walls that nobody else in this place can see, but your family, God knows. Embezzlement at work, he knows. And the list goes on. And what's crazy is he knows and he still loves you. See, I might know and I might not like you. (laughs) And vice versa, you may not like me. But he knows. This is what's crazy about God. He knows and he still loves us. Amen? Amen? Friends, God forgives us through his son, Jesus Christ. So he knows all the debt we've racked up. He knows all the messy that we have. He knows the list of all the sins. And that's why he looked around heaven. He says, there's only one answer. And I've got to send my son, Jesus Christ, down to this earth. And we think it's all about presents and Hallmark Channel. And we think it's all about Christmas trees and all that. It's about Jesus Christ, the son of God, being born. And he was born for a reason. He was born to die. Sounds like a good motorcycle t-shirt. Born to die. And he died. Why? Because he was a sinner? No, the Bible says he was tempted in every way but did not sin. But what's cool about Jesus is he knows what it's like to be tempted. So when I talk to him about those things, he gets me. But he died a death on a cross that was horrific so that we can be forgiven of our sin debt. Now that's good stuff. John 3, 16 says it this way, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. That promise is for all of us in here. Even you that thinks you've racked up the bill so high, nobody can pay for it. Jesus can. And I have a brother that was in the first service, an older gentleman. He tells me this about once every two months. Maybe five years ago in a sermon, I said something like, if you think your sin debt is too high, then you've said the cross is not good enough. He says that was life-changing for him because he's in his 70s. And he's like, man, I think about that all the time. There's nothing that you could have done on this earth that the grace of God cannot cover. Now, it doesn't cover consequences, Right? But it covers the debt of sin. That's what's so beautiful and amazing about grace. We are forgiven, church. You are forgiven. And the question is, have you accepted forgiveness? Have you accepted the grace of God? See, it just doesn't happen by you just sitting there. There's nothing you have to do, but he's done it all. I am. This may not be a big deal to you guys, but this was a big week for a baseball fan in Los Angeles. Last time, the All-Star Game was in 1980, and I actually went to it with my mom. I I think I was like 11 years old. And so I really want to go to the All-Star Game. I wanted my my 14-year-old to go to the All-Star with me. But um, come Monday, there's this thing called the Home Run Derby. First, they didn't have home run derbies back in the day. And he says, like, I'd like to go to that. And and so it was probably about 3, 3.30 where I decided on Monday, we're going. So we hop in, the, hop in the truck. We don't have tickets. And so on the way, we figured out how to get the tickets. And, and if you're going to go to a home run derby, you don't just go into the stadium. Where do you got to sit? You got to sit in the outfield, don't you? And so we got some tickets in the outfield. It was crazy. Grown men jumping on top of each other. There's Easton and I. We're in, we're in left field. Now, I don't want you guys to get ahead of yourself. I did not catch this. All right? But there's literally, it is crazy. The adrenaline, it was fun. It was crazy. Balls being hit. Albert Pujols was up. 
in the home run competition. Albert Pujols, an old guy, uh, but he's going in the Hall of Fame. Everything's going to be great. Ball's kind of going all around us, but never at us. This one was coming right at us. And I'm like, right? All children, women, grown men out of the way, Pastor Rob, right? So it's coming. And a kid, like three feet in front of me, catches it. Now, I know this is on national TV, so, you know, if it wasn't, I probably would have jumped over the kid and knocked him out and got this ball. The kid catches the ball. He's elated. He holds it up. And if it wasn't good enough that he caught a ball, it was autographed by Albert Pujols. Now, Pastor jumped, and (laughs) here's the ball. No. Um, uh, you say, why, why do you share that? Because, you know, you're going to have 50,000 fans in there, and maybe 200 of them uh, walked out of there with a, with a baseball, maybe 199 because I saw one guy catch two. But it's really just being there. If you're at home, you're not, you didn't have a chance, did you? You had to be there. The second thing that you had to do is you had to reach up. You had to make an effort to catch it, right? But you had to be lucky. You know what's cool about the grace of God? Everybody that's ever lived, everybody that is living, and everybody that will live, as long as they reach up, they get the grace of God. Everybody. Everybody. You don't have to climb a mountain. You don't have to pay $100,000. You don't have to work in a soup kitchen. You don't have to do squat. It was all done on the cross. All you have to do is say, I want it. And it's yours. Amen. Amen. Forgiven, which leads to the last. This is where it gets hard, and don't get mad at me. Forgive. Matthew 18, 28. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and begged, began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me. Wait a second. This guy was just given, forgiven this huge debt, and now he's going and grabbing someone, potentially $150 million he was forgiven of, and it's about $20 that he was asking for. And by the way, you keep reading it, it says he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees, begged him just like he did. Be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused and said he went off and had the man, what? Thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, outraged and went and told their master everything that happened. He was forgiven over $150 million. He went out to go get the guy that owed him 20 bucks. Not only did he not get the 20 bucks, but law said that he had to pay for that guy to go into prison. So he's out 20 bucks plus whatever it costs to put that guy in prison. Do you see how messed up this is? Do you see how messed up this is? But church, if we're really honest, I needed to spend that much time on forgiving before I got to forgive. Because if we don't understand how messed up we are and how much we've been forgiven, then to even think about the idea of forgiving somebody else for what they've done to us doesn't make sense. Jesus forgave it all. I did nothing to deserve that. How about you? The wounds that we have... You know how they begin to heal? Receiving forgiveness and extending forgiveness. Now, real quickly, that doesn't mean you shouldn't set some boundaries. 
Okay? There's a whole thing with there. Just because someone did something awful to you doesn't mean they could do it again. You can set some boundaries. But forgiveness is so key. Amen? But what's crazy about this story is the people that were around, the other servants were outraged. Why? Because there was a community of grace that had been developed. And this guy that had been given much could not even give little. And this was a black mark. This was a bad mark on this culture. I can't get into it because of time, but the same is true for the church today. We don't need to be known for what we're against. We need to be known for what we're for. And what happens is so oftentimes we feel like everyone's got to get all cleaned up, fixed up. Then they could come in the church and then we could love them. But the truth is Jesus died for the church that's jacked up and messed up. He said he came for the sick, not the healthy. And church, I'm going to just shoot straight. I wonder sometimes if you knew who was sitting next to you, if you would would send me off. (laughs) Because this church is messy, which is awesome. Because we have all kinds of sins that we've committed. And yet grace is greater. And we're changing. And our wounds are being healed. Amen? Amen. We need to let the sick come in so they can find the grace that heals. I want to close with this. Three things. One, stop thinking about what has been done to you and start thinking about what has been done for you. Stop thinking about what has been done to you and start thinking about what has been done for you. Two, what has been done for you is greater than what has been done to you. Please hear the compassion in that. Please, please, please. Lastly, do the wound care so it does not spread and cause more pain. Do the wound care so it doesn't spread and cause more pain. Father, thank you. Thank you for this story and what it could teach us and has taught us. I pray, Lord, that the wounds would start to heal now. In Jesus' name. All God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.